0: are back. Episode 49, Buckets and Dan Sportsland. Here recording from Dan's parents' house where it all began, Allegheny Avenue. Dan, <laughs> it's so comfortable here that they might get naming rights and they might, this might start being the spot for our once every four month show.
1: Yeah, house sitting and cat sitting for my parents who are down in Florida right now, but it does provide us a great little setup here in the living room feel like we're uh, remote, on location. Good to be back. Good to be sitting next to you with all the equipment in front of us. We got a lot to talk about, Bill. We do. Go we ahead. do have a lot to no. talk
0: about. But first, we got to talk about number 49s. And the first guy that comes to mind is Connor Knapp, old Sabres goaltender, Dan. Uh, 164th overall. Uh, out of New York, New York, 31 years old. 2009, homegrown guy, Dan. How many games did Connor Knapp start for the Buffalo Sabres? Zero. Zero is that true? Well, as a matter of fact, and I'm gonna get to I'm gonna get to you on that. Tremaine Edmonds as well. We might discuss the future of him today.
1: Yeah, we also have your sectional run to talk about. Some wedding updates. We have our bachelor parties coming up. We will not be talking about the draft. We will have a Buckets and Dan draft episode coming up in a month or so. Uh, but the Bills' offseason up to this point, a lot of signings, a lot going around in the NFL. We'll also have Mike Licata returning to talk some college hoops, um, very prophetic stuff that he had in his preview, and we'll talk about the Final Four. Maybe we'll recap what a wonderful time we all had at the First Niagara Center downtown. Is that what it's called <laughs> The these Key days? Bank Center. Key Bank Center, there we go. And uh, the Labatt House. And the Labatt House, but that's a secret because it's a secret bar. Um, and we got the Bill Stadium to talk about. We have some MLB predictions to talk about. It is... Absolutely. You know, when you only do it once every couple months, you really can fit a lot of info in one <laughs> show.
0: You sure can, Dan. And get back to Connor Knapp, he did play two goals, two games, two goals, and had one assist. <laughs> okay. Actually, all right. Uh, 77 saves, a 312 GAA, and uh, 875 save percentage. That was in that emergency year of the 2013 2014 run that the Sabres went on.
1: Yeah, talk about some, t- some dark times. And. Speaking of the Sabres, we will get to them as well. They are they are not suffering from dark times right now. They're actually on a bit of a heater, but we'll get to that in our Q&A. Let's start with the Bills, Bill. And before we get to the offseason, your initial thoughts on the new stadium deal that's announced, a 30-year lease. I have come to, I guess, come to grasp or come to accept the fact that it's an outdoor stadium. I like the somewhat covered roof. I like that they're going back to grass. It's funny how... Everything is just cyclical. Uh, you know, turf was so popular. Now, turf is um, the one leading the way in injuries, according to, you know, science. <laughs> so, it's good to go see that they're going to grass. We've got to protect our players. I The little renderings I've seen, I don't know how accurate they are. It's going to be great. The money situation, it is what it is. I mean, it's not like, I don't know. I guess I don't just look at taxes enough. But it's. I don't think we're going to, like, every citizen's going to pay, like, ten thousand dollars more in taxes to get the stadium built right uh i'd
0: like to see the numbers on if they were to be able to see that yeah i'd like to see the numbers on if they were to be able to go downtown kind of the rough drafts of just how much more 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 that would have cost i wonder how much way more money and you know logic says too i mean if you're really going to build a stadium here for 30 years you should kind of put some type of roof on it so I, i i don't know uh, to spend 1.4 billion, uh, I, I I think it'll be nice. I think, <clears throat> I hope the economy can handle it. And uh, but I am excited. You know, probably the best part of going to Bills games is the tailgating, and and that is here to stay um, for a long period of time. Thank-
1: One interesting aspect is going to be this personal seat license. It's just another way for these owners to get money back quick. Obviously, I would say let's just roughly say that each seat will be a thousand. Obviously some will be much more than that depending on where you're sitting. I think it's crazy that they're talking about what the pagulas are going to put in when in reality the second these things go out they get 50 at least 50 million dollars shoved right back into their pockets. I was do, I heard a little bit on WGR from a girl that used to work for the Browns and she was saying that it is you know transferable or you can sell your personal seat license so it's certainly something that a lot of bill's fans are going to think about we just re officially did you decide on a move yet or no
0: no move we're going to stay next to our albany guys but dan it's like <laughs> it's like I, I'm, I'm i'm hoping i'm like pagula you know coming back from a, a, a meeting about a wedding and kind of seeing some numbers there i hope the money gets shoved back in our faces <laughs> as well and i'm sure you
1: do too yeah it's a good call <laughs> hopefully the stags do that as well so bill this offseason, it's been a whirlwind around the NFL. It's been a whirlwind at one Bill's drive. Brandon Bean has been, on paper, just a wizard, once again, manipulating the sailor cap. People talk about the salary cap's fake. Well, you certainly have some teams paying for it. Look at the Saints. Look at the Cowboys having to trade away Amari Cooper for a sixth-round pick. I mean, But it seems that Bean is trying to avoid those pitfalls. He's cashing in on some coupons. He's doing some void-year action. It's a lot of stuff that if you really care about that, Go listen to Greg Thompson. He's unbelievable. He's the GOAT. He is the GOAT. Former guest. Um, and he's also always available on Twitter. I'll just shoot him questions when I'm confused about Sailor like Camp Like messages? Stuff. Yeah. And he's great. He always answers right back. I know what he
0: does for a living.
1: I would love how much time he spends with his family because he seems to be on Twitter a lot. But, Greg, you're doing a great job. We love you. <laughs> um, and what are you said? You had an analogy. My analogy
0: is this. And, Dan, I know you've been there. I've been there a time or two. I'm sure people know that. Like, you're in a restaurant. Or, like, 20 minutes ago, I was in Dan's kitchen, got a couple subs. Dan, smart, sensible guy, eats a half sub in about 13 seconds. <laughs> Only guy in the world who eats faster than me. Uh, wraps his up. He goes, this will be a good first-period intermission snack for the Sabes-Jets game tonight. And I'm like, no, nah, the best I'm needed is when it's hot. But, you know, you've been in a restaurant before where, say you're eating wings, you know, say say there's 50 wings and there's, like, you're stuffed to the max, but there's like eight wings there, and you're kind of getting egged down. Like, Dan, you could do two more. You could do two more. And you're just stuffed. And you can't think about eating any more food, but you do because they're there. That's how I feel like being is with free agency. He's stuffed to the max. The contract, he's up to the absolute brim. But what does he keep doing? He keeps tacking on, tacking on, tacking on more. And are we going to hit a period where there's just – no more left, and he regurgitates everything, or what's going on here, Dan? I'd like to see the numbers. How are they going to sign these free these uh, draft picks? People are still talking about cornerback, like a Patrick Peterson or a Joe Hayden. We'll get to that. I, I, Dan, you've been a little bit more dialed in than I have. It probably has to come w- at the expense of a Stephon Diggs restructure, but they've already restructured so many guys. I mean, how much so more they can you do? So
1: they haven't really restructured. I, I believe what they do is add these void years on where it's kind of like those potential outs. Like I can't believe Spot Track is up to date. It's unbelievable. So <laughs> when they talk it's this this is I this is literally unbelievable to look at. So like Von Miller, they have it six years, hundred and twenty million or yeah, hundred and twenty million. Then at the far right they have the potential out, which I think is such a key in today's um, today 's climate of all these monster contracts, the potential out is after three years and fifty two million you can basically just cut them and that 's it so
0: dan let 's be honest here. what are the odds in your opinion of him actually being here past those three years? He just turned thirty three
1: right zero that 's my point so and le- i mean let 's say he gets twelve sacks a year for the next three years, which is not going to happen but and yeah, the cap balloons correct correct and uh, and that is another thing that bean is banking on is you look at the cap it's like this year von miller's cap it is only like five million dollars which is another just mastery work on trying to manipulate this year and then obviously next year is when Allen's big big hit uh comes and you're expecting all that amazon money so it will be interesting to see what the numbers actually balloon up to but when you look at these guaranteed contracts it's they really are not that crazy you know you lose Harrison Phillips. He goes out and sends a nineteen million dollar.
0: You wouldn't have. You wouldn't have done that. Hell no.
1: And then you go replace him with, you know, a big
0: Tim Settle guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously that press conference was just immaculate, but we settled on Tim. He he gets nine million. You get DaQuan Jones, who is an absolute true number one. So you replaced Phillips and Star with two guys, and then Jordan Phillips, all which for much less money and arguably better players. I.
0: The, the biggest loss, I thought, in free agency that we've had over the last few years is Jordan Phillips. I thought he was fantastic. It's our favorite guy to watch in home games, and guy absolutely brings it.
1: Yeah, and him and Shaq Lawson... Loves it here. Him and Shaq Lawson both played out of their <laughs> minds that year, got monster deals that the Bills knew that they were not worth, and then they both come, I don't want to say call Because they back. want to come back. They want to come back, but they also paid more than I thought for Jordan Phillips. Giving him a $5 million deal was more than I thought. I thought he'd be more of a bargain guy, but regardless... And when you talk about Brandon Bean stuffing his face, I don't know how well true this is. And Capaccio said that it would be cool if it was true. has no actual evidence of this. But when J.D. McKissick kind of, which what an I cannot wait to talk to that guy in ten years and be like, "You sure you happy with that decision?" I think that
0: was his agent's decision.
1: Well, according it feels to, like it. According to Bean, he's saying that the agents were great, that it was the player and the team, and he is super pissed at Washington. But Regardless, and we'll get to Duke Johnson too, I think that's a fine signing to do what we wanted there. But he's, I think Bean's pissed at that, and that's the day he goes out and pulls the trigger on Von Miller and OJ Howard. Two more splash moves, obviously one much more than the other, but so maybe there was a couple hiccups here and there. Maybe they, you know, they weren't going to go all in on the 120 million, and Obviously, if you're Von Miller, I think he wanted somebody to sign. You know, it's just a waiting game that those cornerbacks played a few years ago when Trey White signs, and he's the highest-paid corner for one day because then Marlon Humphreys and then whoever the other guy was, I can't think, um, signed. So Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> I think he was – yeah, it might have been him. Um, but so you look at Von Miller signing, and I think that was being said, you know what, screw it. We're going to go all in the next couple of years. This is our window. Let's surround Allen. I mean, if you look at the – Not only the starting 22, but the depth at each position, there's not a lot of holes. So I know I said we weren't going to talk any draft. This is why I'm never a fan of trading up in the first. I don't think you should – because I think it's too much much to move up where you really need to go. But in those middle rounds, like there's not room for – like you saw last year, Jack Anderson gets drafted. He gets claimed off waivers. Uh, or excuse me, off the practice squad. The uh, cornerback, I forget his – not Wild Goose. Was it Wild Goose? Yeah, he both seven thrown picks. Yeah, so all those – there's there's no reason – and, again, injuries happen, so it's good to have as much depth as possible. But why not go up and maybe only draft five guys? But, you know, those five are have a really, really good shot at making the roster. But, obviously, that we'll get to that later. But let's keep going with um, what Brandon Bean was able to do here. So we mentioned the D-line, okay? You go out and you lose Harrison Phillips. You cut Star Star Latulia. You go out and sign Tim Settle, who, for all intents and purposes, I've seen multiple articles. He's the steal of free agency, blah, blah, blah. You hear that all the time. I heard that about Quentin Jefferson when he came over. But you talk about a guy that was buried in a great depth chart over in Washington, a guy that's hungry, a guy that is really on a one-year deal, but they're more than happy to keep him for that second year. So his is kind of like a... Pit stop, hopefully you could come here, be, you know, quote-unquote, the best version of yourself and as a player, and then proceed to get a contract just like Harrison Phillips just did, which would be great for him. Daquan Jones, a true nose tackle, coming. He started for the majority of his career, coming to try to win a championship. You sign arguably the best pass rusher in the past 10 years at his position, a Hall of Famer, a guy that you're going to bank on to groom guys like Greg Rousseau and Carlos Basham, and AJ Epinesa. I mean, what a un- – and it's, it was the first nah, – Now I guess it started last year with John Brown, but this, this crop that we grew up – not crop – this crop that turned this franchise around, guys like Jerry Hughes who was able to stick it out and make a difference under this new regime. Um, John Brown got cut last year. We cut Cole Beasy. Now you're starting to see the fruits of those guys creating a championship team and guys coming that want to be part of a winner. Even guys like John Feliciano, you know what I mean? Not an not a all-pro guy, him and Starr, I mean, but Star came over on the big contract. Feliciano brought some toughness. It's, it's, but now we're starting to see that turnover and what you want to be to build an actual championship roster.
0: I think because it was such a huge move and no one was expecting it, we should take a couple minutes to talk about Von Miller. When I saw it, I was more shocked than happy at the time. Why? Because to me, it didn't really scream Brandon Bean and the type of moves that he's made um, in his tenure as the Bills GM. So for me, kind of, you know, everyone was kind of pointing to make, maybe making more of a savvy type move, 6 to $8 million guy at defensive end, but really went after it with Von Miller. I mean, that's a huge chunk of the cap. Um, really quick, I mean, I'm going to say on. this, though. You. <clears throat> the one point I'll disagree with that you made to me via text, and I know it's more than that, because the snap count's not going to be extremely high. If he's here and, and, like, one of the major points of him being here is to groom young guys, I mean, then that's not worth it for me.
1: Okay. I would just argue that being around someone like Von Miller is going to na- naturally make you sure. a better player. And like I said, this was my counterpoint. This is, like, the most optimistic view I can take is like, let's say greg rousseau turns in to an all-pro defensive end for 10 years and in his wall of fame speech here in buffalo um he's gonna thank guys like mario addison and jerry hughes because he has to and then he's gonna go on for five minutes about what von miller meant to his career for the fact that he's all the guy's a hall of fame Super Bowl MVP, two-time Super Bowl winner, and by the time Greg Rousseau is getting inducted, a four-time Super Bowl winner after the Bills win two of the next three Super Bowls.
0: How about uh, Jerry Hughes or Addison? Are they going to play another down in the
1: league? Absolutely. They will sign somewhere. I hope Hughes signs in Dallas or Houston or somewhere. Actually, definitely Dallas because I want him out of the AFC and closer to home. Mario Addison, whatever. I don't really care about him. Very quickly about Bean. This is what I'm talking about, why I have, like, such a – hard on, for the, hopefully that doesn't you we'll have to bleep that out, for this guy. You look at, so obviously everything is a progression. He takes over a rebuilding team, he guts it down, then you start, you pick your quarterback, great. And that first year, he realizes, oh, I didn't get enough offensive linemen or weapons, goes out, signs just any offensive lineman he could, see who sticks, Niseki, Feliciano, those guys, goes out and gets John Brown, overpaced for Cole Beasley, which ends up being fine. Then... He has his little championship run there in 2020, and he says, you know what, I love my guys, another year development, let's just run it back. And he just re-signs all the guys that we thought we were going to lose, and then that wasn't good enough. So he said, you know what, screw it. Dump some weight here, go out and spend. This is our window. Now let's go out and sign some big boys and actually take a real run at this thing.
0: And it was so good that just two weekends ago in the Key Bank Center, in the Sweet level, thank you, Mark Simon, very gracious of you to take us up there. Poorest guys in the suite level, but we were in the suite <laughs> level. That's all that matters. Yep. And we see Brandon Bean getting an applause. We kind of split up. Dan's in the opposite side of the arena looking for Brandon Bean. I said, Danny's over here. We're over, you know, looking for Brandon Bean's we We're stumbling in a suite. So we're saying, Where's Brandon Bean? They're all like, He's three down. And they, they all tell us where to go. And finally gets to the point where we know we're outside Brandon Bean's suite. There's a, kind of one of those Usher guys standing outside. I didn't have the stones, but Dan Hannon ran in Some there. Some might
1: say Bill had cold scroll. Yep.
0: Dan Hannon had it. Dan Hannon walked in. I don't know what you did, but you're in there for about eight seconds. I walked that's up. all it took, like normal.
1: Yeah, that's longer. I walked up, said, hey, Brandon, before security grabs me, just want to tell you, you're doing a great job. Love the Von Miller signing. Can't wait for the draft. And as I hit the T in draft, I felt a, a – um. A a hand grabbed my shoulder and started pulling me away, but he smiled, nodded, said thanks, and then that was it.
0: And we saw, and and, and that's incredible. And I I I had a little uh, FOMO uh, <laughs> the rest of the evening, but I did see Brandon Bean walking out. I gave him a tap on the shoulder, and he's like up to my neck. So he's a, boy, he's a small he's guy. Small guy. And I saw Kevin Adams. We'll talk about the Sabers too, because man, they are on a warpath. Warpath.
1: Let's run down a couple other names. To get your thoughts on. I thought they again nailed the backup quarterback position. You weren't able to get. I I don't think you were able to do what you did last time and grabbing a you know a a guy that wants to reestablish himself. And we'll get to this point actually a little later as, as well. But so you weren't able to go the Mitch Trubisky route. I don't think that was a precedent. That's what I've been hearing on these podcasts as well. That should have been the precedent you were looking for. Like, oh, go find someone that was a starter for the last four years, won a play, or was in the playoffs, and wants to just sign as a backup to Josh Allen. But you go out and sign, I think, a definitely top 10, if not top five backup in the NFL, a former starter, won a playoff game, has rapport with Stephon Diggs. You give up a seventh-round pick, just to, and we just talked about how those late-round picks are going to mean nothing to this roster just to renegotiate his contract, and he's going to be here for two to three years, which I think is perfect, and you go out and sign his buddy to go be the practice squad quarterback, Matt Barkley, after Davis Webb leaves. You know, they offered him the quarterback coach position before he left, but he wants to keep playing. Davis Webb? Yeah. Really? Yes, according to reports, and he went and followed Dable to the Giants. So I thought they crushed it. You don't think they crushed the bet. What else do you want them to do?
0: Nothing. Uh, Breaking news here to Buckets and Dan. I called it from the start. Shaheem Holloway, St. You Peter's called it from the start. From the start. Look at my Twitter. St. Do you St. think Peters. that
1: every other person that saw that he went to Seton Hall was a Seton <laughs> Hall All American and that there was a vacancy their head coach might have also I called that from the start. Okay. Nice. Um that is breaking news. We'll get to that when we talk to Mike. Running back position. You lose out of McKissick, you sign Duke Johnson. You you the I guess the biggest thing is you just hope Singletary starts the year like he finished last year. Thoughts?
0: Yeah, I think the offensive lines improve. I think Saffold's going to be really good in run block. We haven't even talked
1: about him. Do, did you? So you weren't paying attention to the beginning part of that question, were you? <laughs> okay, thank you. I think I'm. I, like, are you a little kid? Do I have to turn the TV off so you could pay <laughs> attention? I said running back position. Yeah, I
0: know. I said the running, the run blocking is going to be better. So let's get to the offensive line. Okay, but yeah, I I, I think that Duke is a fine signing. I don't understand why people say you have to draft another guy. We have three running backs on our roster, with. You know, a fullback as well. We're Andy done. There. Ty Jones. And we're done. Jones. And we, I don't even want them to sign an undrafted free agent defensive lineman. We're done. Like, don't even bring anyone else in.
1: What about Zim? Bring Who? him back. Who? Justin Zimmer.
0: Yeah, maybe him. <laughs> <laughs> maybe if Shaq goes out with a shoulder, you bring yep. in Zim Zim.
1: Um, offensive line. You lose John Feliciano to the Giants. You, I think that's it, right? And then you go out and sign Roger Saffold. Oh, the Ryan. The Ryan Bates, Rick Bates. They do match the uh, this is what I'm talking about. That's
0: what say it. I don't know why they have more room in the stomach.
1: <laughs> I don't I don't know either. And they bring back Bacher.
0: Keeps that. he keeps grabbing <laughs> another wing. That's what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. So that is and then what you do there is you oh and obviously I'm, I'm sorry, and you cut Daryl Williams. So you are trying to replace a two start oh no, because you because Bates ended the year as a starter. So you're replacing essentially on the starting lineup Williams with Saffold, you're gonna flip the guard, hopefully, because Saffold's more of a left guard. But you look at the actual contract s- contract structures, and what you did was you take Feliciano, and Darrell Williams, who were going to be owed fourteen million, and you have Saffold and Bates for eight point about eight point four million. That's that, genius. You're, that's genius. Again, you're, those are arguably two better. I don't. I think unarguably two better players for six million dollars less. I agree. Cap's Absolutely. fake. Uh, moving over to defense, you mentioned Von Miller. You mentioned the defensive line. How about linebacker? Not much doing. Big year for...
0: Tremaine, I mean, if yes. you look at the cap hits,
1: oh, qu- Edmonds okay, is up there. I'm sorry. We missed two offensive uh, two offensive positions. Beasley, again, I'm glad from what I saw, it wasn't, good, get this anti-vaxxer out of town. It was more of an appreciation for what he did here when they cut him. He was great while he was here. He just finished the year with three broken ribs. Again, he's a little injury-prone toward the end, but the guy that I wanted right when that happened was the guy that they ended up signing, Jamison Crowder, coming in at the same age as Beasley was when he came, more of a yards-after-catch guy than Beasley, probably not as good as finding those soft spots in the zone, but perfect slot guy. I think I'm the only one in Buffalo that's a little worried about the wide receiver two position, that we're just assuming after four magnificent quarters and Gabriel Davis not really taking a step through the first 19 games of that season that we're just set at wide receiver two.
0: I just think we have so much depth there. Uh, you look at Diggs. You look at Davis. Then you look at guys after that. Jamison Crowder is good enough to be a two. I know he plays in the slot.
1: Plays both.
0: You got Isaiah Hodgin, who no one's talking about. But oh, Isaiah Hodgen, that guy can still play. Let me tell you something. They they bring back a Tanner Dent Gentry. All right, okay. That guy can play. But hey, let me tell you something. They bring back Kummero. Oh. Isaiah McKenzie, you think he could take a step. Stevenson. Dawson Knox and... We haven't talked about it. I know it's coming. O.J. Howard. I mean, yep. that's a huge reception guy. I. I mean, not really in his career, but I think he can come <laughs> here and he can get some targets. They got to make up a lot of targets, Dan. I mean, between you know losing Sanders and Beasley, you're making up a hundred plus targets there.
1: I guess, but if you look at the actual like what you're doing here, then I mean, you'd expect Duke Johnson to get a, sig- a not a significant, but a. A decent chunk. That's why you brought him in of targets out of the backfield. You expect Davis to take that step. You you expect Diggs to be around ninety to one hundred catches, let alone targets. Then you do you want McKenzie taking more of a role? We don't know what Ken Dorsey sees out of Isaiah McKenzie compared to what Brian Dable did. And one thing that I will say about Davis is that what year is it that every Bills player seems to take that next step? Their third year, and this will be his third year, and it's actually a big year for his career. Because let's say that he has another monster year. Now he's going into the final year of his contract. I'm sure they'll find a way, but that's another guy you're going to have to lock up then. Babe Davis.
0: Oh, definitely, definitely.
1: So, Marcus Stroud. And then, uh, like you said, then you have Knox on the last year of his of his uh, deal, and he—that's that's a big one too. That's a big one. Uh, what I thought Marino made a good point that that is one of the lowest uh, franchise tags. Although, because of all these stupid contracts that other teams are signing, depth defense or. Uh, tight ends to that's going to be jacked up as well but I think that the I am going to love the Howard signing I really do think he is a guy that you could play as a big slot as well that a lot of people wanted them to go get Evan Ingram for I think these are all just little weapons and gadget guys that you're it's just it's I I get butterflies thinking about the weapons that Allen has and no one's talking about again the fact that you have a first year offensive coordinator that's going to be in charge of all this so that'll be one of the question marks going into the season. And, yep. Coaching staff, very quickly before we get to defense. They
0: brought in a couple of veterans. Aaron Cromer's called an offense before. They also bring in an old dog. And who, Dan? Who's that assistant? His name? Mike Shula. Mike Shula. Mike Shula. That's a football name.
1: You bring in Joe Brady, who was just an offensive coordinator for two years. Well, one and a half before he got fired. So, yeah, they're definitely surrounding him. I would agree with that. You lose a couple coaches along with Dable, but they're bringing back basically the same core, which is good, which is – um, good for the defense. I know people are still sour on the whole 13 seconds thing. We don't have to talk about it and Leslie Frazier and McDermott, but those guys know their football and I am I am more than happy that both of them are back. People calling for McDermott to be fired should be shot into the sun. I truly mean
0: that. I can't even turn on WGR 550 right now and just hear them They actually still talk about that game quite a bit. I mean, we're almost into April now. Not to bring it up, Gotta but you turn see the up, page.
1: the picture that came up today with Rousseau's hand like inches away from that field goal blocking it that's how high up he was able to get it could be a depth thing I don't have no idea where he was in that picture but anyway all in
0: all I mean that's a big offseason I mean, can't get you can't have pictured or imagined a better offseason to this point
1: point. and your secondary you lose your corner back too
0: but that that's the only thing I mean who wouldn't have paid Levi Wallace two years eight million Apparently to me I, I think that they probably did offer him then that that and he decided to leave for me, that's obviously the glaring hole. You would have thought it was guard until they brought back Butker and Bates. But cornerback is a huge glaring need. People are continually talking about receiver or running back in the draft. I don't see it. I think they have to attack corner, 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 Dan. And you might not know this off the top of your head, but when are Hyde and Poyer signed until? Do you know that?
1: Well, they just extended Hyde a few years. And Poyer they extended, I believe, last year. So they're yeah. they're locked up for the next two to three years. All right. And then you have DeMar Hamlin and Jaquan Johnson. So the, a safety, I, w- I could see them definitely taking a safety in the middle rounds of the draft. But I wouldn't mind taking a corner in the first and third if you really want to. Although, Absolutely. don't sleep on great Dane Jackson. I'm, I'm all in on him being in the mix with a veteran corner. But we will get to that in our Q&A, which we are going to start right now. Question, what kind of bear is best? It's a ridiculous question. False. Black bear.
0: Why are you the way that you
1: are?
2: What'd you do? Hey, what do you guys like better, nurse or cheerleader?
1: It is once again time for everybody's favorite segment, Q and A for B and D. Bill, I believe we have a new sponsor this week. We
0: do, Dan, and uh, partially me, partially Michael P. Rizzo himself, Dan. This segment is sponsored by Rizzo's on Eggert, Rizzo's Casa d'Italia, the best Italian restaurant in Tonawanda, or for all east of the Mississippi for that matter, Dan. I'll be behind the pine tomorrow night, uh, so if you're listening, it's probably tonight. Uh, I'll be behind the pine Thursday evening, okay, this Thursday, March 31st. It's trivia night. Okay, you tell them bucket sentient. You? If you're not a trivia guy, just pop in there at 4 p.m., 5 p.m. Get a couple of cocker spaniels in you before uh, the trivia starts. Friday night, fish fry, Lent. If you're a Roman <laughs> Catholic and you celebrate it, come on down. I have a great Italian fish fry for you. I also have some good cocktails, and I'll be behind the wood at Rizzo's. Sabres game will be on RJ night. I might turn down the sound and turn up some MSG. So everyone can listen to RJ call one of his final games, Dan.
1: uh, What happens if we say Bucket sent us? If Bucket sent you, that means you get a dollar off
0: cold subs. Is that true? (laughs) Yeah, I'll make it happen.
1: (laughs) All right, well, let's get to it.
0: Bill, I believe you start. Yeah, Dan, Sammy from Seattle here. Hey there, guys. First time, long time. I know my Seahawks are in rebuild mode here, but I was hoping they'd go after Jimmy G and maybe give us a little light of hope. If you were Seattle, what would you do at the QB position, and where do you think Jimmy and G- Jimmy G and Baker Mayfield land?
1: Those are two very interesting cases because, for San Francisco's point of view, he's carrying 26 million in cap right now. I don't know. It seemed like the carousel has already gone through. I mean, how many teams really need a quarterback right now that are actually looking to be contenders? You know, would they? Would the Steelers bring him in to compete with Mitch Trubisky, or is Trubisky their their guy with maybe they try to go get Malik Willis or one of those rookie quarterbacks? It's going to be very interesting because I don't know how San Francisco goes into the year with him as a $26 million backup. It seems like they want to pass the torch off to Trey Lance. They're a team that considers themselves a Super Bowl contender every single year. Their roster certainly dictates that. So that is an interesting one. I really don't know what's going to happen with Jimmy G if I had to guess I would say Pittsburgh trades a, like, it, I'm talking a mid round pick for him. and shocks the world if they miss out on one of the quarterbacks in the first round. Baker Mayfield is going to get cut. They're not going to be able to trade him. And any dead cap on that? Probably. But uh, I don't know because he's instilling that rookie deal. I don't know. Here's what I'm thinking you could call me crazy. All right. And I'm fine with that. I've, I tried looking for where he could be a reclamation project. You know what I mean? He's not going to get in a starting job. I don't even think he's fighting for a starting job. He needs to go the get healthy for a year, rebuild your stock, then go find a spot. Get me to Arizona. You get a quote-unquote offensive-minded guy. You get into an offense with another smaller quarterback. Obviously, we'd, we'd
0: be the tallest guy in the room.
1: Yeah, different <laughs> style quarterbacks, but they both played at Oklahoma. I believe Murray uh, succeeded Mayfield. So you know they probably have some sort of relationship. I bet they're friends. I think that's where he ends up as a backup. Now they did just sign Colt McCoy, so I don't know if that makes it more difficult. But he's going to go somewhere to be a backup after he gets cut, which is going to be shocking to me. Um, I guess the only other spot I could see is, will Carolina go spend more draft capital for a guy like Jimmy G or Baker? To compete with a guy they just gave up multiple picks for in Sam Darnold. I mean, that's a dumpster fire of a team right now. And, and their coach and looks like him. Looks like he's wearing it right now. He looked awful in that photo of all the head coaches in the NFL. They, they got a lot of
0: good things, though, too. Their defense is good, a lot of <laughs> high picks. They're a quarterback away from being really darn good. They can't Christian find the McCaffrey. quarterback, though. Let me tell you something. If anyone gets Baker, like
1: that's a great deal. Dep- I mean, it depends. Would you What's take Baker or What's- Jim- and Jimmy G? The reason he there no one trading for him is he still needs shoulder surgery. Would you take Jimmy
0: G or Baker right now? Oh, I guess it depends. The team you are. I guess it depends. The team. Yes. You're Carolina without Sam Darnold.
1: Oh, dude, that is. I would take uh, Baker in a heartbeat. I don't know, dude. I, th- I, I don't know. I really don't know. I think they're both very average quarterbacks. I guess you're right. I think I guess Baker has a little bit of a higher ceiling. I think he's got a much lower floor.
0: Would you take Baker, or Mac Jones. Oh. <laughs> I don't I'm taking Baker. I think he's got a lot to give, man. He took a dumpster fire of a franchise to the playoffs and
1: made him credible. That's a, that's an interesting topic. If you're the Patriots, would you trade a third round pick for Jimmy G? No, I'll, okay. I i like
0: where I'm at there. Okay, it's fine. Okay,
1: okay, okay, okay. All right, let's move on from that because we're let's talk about. Well, we'll talk about the whole quarterback situation in a second, but. We got our buddy Dwayne from the Dog Pound, big Browns fan. He says, hey, guys, I have been a suffering Browns fan my whole life. I don't know how I should feel about Deshaun Watson. Hypothetically, before Josh Allen got to Buffalo, if the Bills got Deshaun Watson in the same situation as his current status, how would you guys feel and react?
0: (laughs) You know what Sean McDermott's uh, motto was last year? What's that? Find a way. Yeah, <laughs> I would have found a way to been okay with it, and and I'm not condoning. Dude, I'm not condoning anything, but that
1: dude's a. I don't know if he if what he did is technically illegal. I mean, obviously the allegations of
0: savers um, <laughs> crossbar,
1: but like the deposition video came out today, and just the allegations. As a whole that dude's a weird dude. He's a sick puppy. No pun intended. And Guy can throw it. He can throw it. He can throw it. And the fact that that scumbag organization gave him a low cap hit or a low guaranteed money this year in case he gets suspended or when he gets suspended for games and then the highest guaranteed contract in NFL history they are That's terrible. That is just awful. I hope they are horrible. I don't think they will be for the record. I think they're going to be good, but I hope they are terrible. I'm going to root
0: against them Big quite time. a bit. They, I think I, everybody I will. I think Deshaun Watson pretty much a scumbag and um
1: Do you re- think that the um the pride of places like um, South Buffalo and West Seneca will boo him as hard as they did Kaepernick when Kaepernick came to Buffalo and they made all those t-shirts because they didn't like when a guy would just take a knee.
0: yeah, I think they'll find a way
1: okay um okay let's talk let's I have a follow up my own follow up here okay, so many quarterback moves and I wish I could go back and find what podcast we projected how many different quarterbacks quarterback moves they would make, but some absolute blockbuster deals this off season. I'm going to quickly run through it. The AFC East is actually the only division in football returning all four starters from week one of 2021.
0: We don't know that, though. T- Teddy Bridgewater could be a and that's starter man. That's a
1: good point. That's a good point. I think he will start at some point this year. I really do think that. Um, and Because I believe Justin Fields did not start week one. I believe Dalton started, so that would be the only case the NFC North. Otherwise, in the AFC North, Obviously, Mitch goes to Pittsburgh. They probably will draft a rookie. Maybe, like I said earlier, they go out and get one more quarterback. But Roethlisberger is gone. We just mentioned Cleveland with Watson. The AFC South, the Colts get rid of Carson Wentz. They bring in Matt Ryan. AFC West, wild, wild West. Now you have probably the most elite. Would you? I mean, we have no evidence of this. Probably the most elite division of quarterbacks in NFL history it could be in terms of the overall talent, when Derek Carr is, without question, the fourth-worst quarterback, and he's still probably a top-12 NFL quarterback. How about
0: best division in NFL history?
1: Could be, yeah. It depends. Yeah, that's actually not – especially because then you look at, like, even the Raiders going out and getting Chandler Jones, Devontae Adams. I mean, that's that is yeah. that's a good point. Uh, the Broncos, I'm actually high on the Broncos. They go out and get Russell Wilson. You, of course, still have Justin Herbert, and the Chargers reloaded as well. And the Chiefs will be the Chiefs, again, with Patrick Mahomes. NFC East. Washington goes out and gets Carson Wentz. The Giants go get Tyrod. Do you think Tyrod starts Week One for them? No,
0: I think Daniel Jones is the guy. For how many weeks? I think Daniel Jones is the guy. I, I think he's the pretty guy. Good. He's he's pretty good.
1: You think he's the guy? He's their franchise quarterback moving forward.
0: I'm not gonna go franchise, but I'm gonna say if he's healthy, he starts 14 games.
1: Okay, fine. 14. Uh, San Francisco, I think, is going to turn the reins over to Trey Lance. Seattle gets rid of Wilson. They have Drew Locke, maybe another rookie. Obviously, Brady comes back, and then – excuse me, that's the south. Um, In the NFC West, you also have the Rams returning Stafford. And who is the fourth team I'm missing? San Francisco – oh, in Arizona with Murray, who, by the way, was thought – you know, there were rumors that he wanted out of there too, but he ends up staying for now. The NFC South, Brady retires and comes back. Saints re-sign Jameis Winston. They also sign Andy Dalton. Atlanta's going with Marcus Mariota as a stopgap right now. I'm sure they will also look to draft a rookie. So what are, what, I guess, which move sticks out to you the most, Billy Buckets? What quarterback move sticks out the most is one that could be the most impactful. Uh,
0: I think to me, Russell Wilson uh, going to Denver just because, First of all, he's going to a really good division, but I think that team is really good. I think a lot of people f- know that team is really good. Good defense, good weapons. Were you okay
1: J- with what they gave up?
0: I was, and Javante Williams is a top five back. I really have been a big Javante Williams guy from the beginning. Um, so for me, it's Russell. How about you, Dan?
1: I am a firm believer, and I know we argue with our buddy Ryan Paris about this. I think Carson Wentz sucks, so I think Matt Ryan Makes them a legit I, contender. I, I like that. I like that a lot. I think that's an underlooked
0: move too. People aren't talking about it. What did Carson once do to make them really not like him? Besides not getting the the Fauci ouchie <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't know. I think he threw. For, he averaged like a hundred yards from December on a game, and then couldn't beat Jacksonville to get them in the playoffs. I All think right. that was the the straw that broke the camel's back there. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> all right.
0: <laughs> You're up. Uh, oh, gosh darn it. Give me a second here, Dan. Uh, <clears throat> so, Dan, B fire from Twitter. What do you guys want the Bills to do to bolster the cornerback room?
1: Good question. So, it, it seems to be their most glaring need. If they don't, let's say that Stingley, Booth, and Sauce Gardner are all gone in the for by, the, by the time the Bills are up in the first round I don't want them to reach for the next available corner Even though it's by far their position of need Go draft the best player available at that point Or move down, I'd be fine with that as well I want them to grab as many picks Between the first four rounds as possible When you look at the remaining four or Excuse me, the remaining cornerbacks On the market There are some legit guys Still out there that I think are very good Could be very good additions Before I get to those if you combine one of these veteran guys with Dane Jackson, Cam Lewis, and a second or third round pick, I think you are glorious going into the year because Trey White will come back eventually, hopefully, but in the first month or two. Um, and there's your there are your guys. The names still out there, obviously some top end guys like Gilmore, Trey Waynes. I but you look at these names like I heard Joe Hayden could be got at a decent rate. I mean, you're telling me like where is the money? I don't think you're gonna have to pay that much. Like, I I I know we hate him just because that one game when they just I think they reference his name 68 times in a three hour game. But Janoris Jenkins, I'm not gonna call him Jack Jenkins because they did it the whole game. But a guy like that was fine. Um, AJ Bouye, I mean Steven Nelson. These, <clears throat> these are guys that are gonna sign. They're, where else? I mean, there's a reason they're still out there.
0: Stephen Nelson was out there pretty long until last offseason. That's
1: fine. He, get him a one-year, you know, incentive-laden deal. That if you could make the Pro Bowl, you're an All-Pro, all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's only so many spots, and it's only going to get worse after teams go through the draft and replace guys that way. So, I think signing one of those veterans, I would go for Joe Hayden, depending on the money. I mean, he's maybe it's just a name that pops to me, but like to me, he's been a lockdown corner for like ten years. So obviously, he's lost. He, you know, at this age, you probably lose a step, but if you're the second or third corner on this team for a championship run not to mention the fact that they never put their corners on an island because yeah. of, so they they don't blitz they try to generate pressure which you know you can agree or disagree with but you always have safety up over the top and it seems like your linebackers try to help as much as possible too so it's not like you're going out trying to sign the next Daryl Rivas so you can just say okay you got him for the game boom I think they're going to be fine a corner especially since it's their like one remaining need That's what I would do.
0: Get Joe Hayden back on the Adderall, too.
1: Exactly. Okay. Um, Big Adderall guy. Okay, yeah, who isn't? Uh, Jim Doyle from Buffalo. Does Tyree Kill Buckets make the Dolphins a legit contender, and are they the clear number two threat to the Bills three-peating the AFC East?
0: Sneakily, I will say the Jets... May have as good of a roster as Miami.
1: Okay. That is a crazy, crazy take you have. I'm usually right. Who's the. (laughs) That's the alcohol talking. Are you. uh, What is. Who's the Jets' number one receiver?
0: We're we're in the. Braxton Berrios can play. Okay. All right. And Denzel Mims. People write that guy up, but that guy, 6'3, you know, he's carved up. So we're comparing this roster to. Dan, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But listen, realistically. Yeah, it should on paper, but again, I have a problem with the quarterback. I think Zach Wilson's a better quarterback than Tua. Uh, I'm not comparing the two teams necessarily. There's a lot of pressure on a first-year coach. Mike Bick- Mike McDaniel might be like every Joe Schmo Twitter nerd's favorite coach in America. Is he going to command the room of, of 53-plus grown men? I mean, that's that's a question that I think will be answered this fall. When they go down 0-2, 0-3, or 1-3, and Th- those are the questions that – are going to be answered. To me, I, Tyreek Hill does in the immediate future, but I think that's a really bad trade for them long-term. I think giving up all those picks and t- locking up a ton of money in a guy who you're paying for what he has done, not what he will do, um, I think those are franchise-altering mistakes. You
1: haven't mentioned the Patriots once in this. They don't bother. They don't scare you at all.
0: They really don't. I mean, unless Mac Jones really develops, they don't at all.
1: I agree with that. I'm glad you said that. Um. Okay, a follow-up quickly. Tyreek Hill, you mentioned the contract. Devontae Adams got a new contract. That's a
0: terrible deal. Who? Devontae Adams. That's a terrible trade so, for them. So
1: let's take a look at Devontae Adams. Signs a five-year, $140 million deal. You're paying him for what he already has done. He's at 20, uh, $28 million a year, 65 guaranteed.
0: And those two guys, arguably the two best receivers in the game, have played with arguably the two best quarterbacks in the last five years. Who? How are they going to replicate those numbers? You're paying them to, I to make those numbers.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's not good. That's not I realistic. I understand it, but Devontae Adams has been the best. I mean, he's th- the best receiver in football, and he's not going to some schmuck. I mean, Derek Carr is a good quarterback. Sure. Okay, and he's only 29. I think that contract's fine. I'd be worried about Tyree Kill. And again, Devontae Adams isn't based on speed or something like that. Like speed will naturally degenerate over time. And Tyree Kill, I mean, you don't have a quarterback that can get you the deep ball in Miami. That's why I thought it was such a weird trade. You, I guess, you can throw screens to both sides. I mean, you have the two; they arguably have the two fastest wide receivers in the NFL. So I'm sure they'll find a way to get them the ball in open space and whatnot. But I was fine with that. My point is, if you look at total value, let's see, three, five, seven, nine, tenth with overall, and at 14 million dollars a year now. That's less than half of what Tyreek Hill is making. Um, when is the time? Are you in a hurry to extend Stefan Diggs, and are you worried about his attitude about it moving forward?
0: Partially, not completely. Uh, he still does have argue, a pretty big cap number or a pretty big salary number this year. $14.4
1: million, 21st in the NFL out of receivers.
0: And what on our team? First.
1: No, not first. He is... A second. Von Miller? No, you are right. First. So it's a $17 million cap hit.
0: Yeah, I think it's something you can extend. It's some, someone I'd love to have on the team um, loves to find Diggs, have no, nothing wrong he with He has him.
1: one more year left. It's going to be an $18 million cap hit. So the thing is, like, if they extend him, when they extend i might assume. He's going to be 31. So do, I know. do you let it
0: play out? It's hard. Uh, these are the hard decisions you got to make. This is one of those Bill Belichick in his prime would make the decision of kind of playing hardball with the guy. I don't know if you necessarily want to pay him into his 30s. Dan, I know this is off script, but you, you probably heard this question. I was... Over at uh, Emily's Dad's this weekend, and we were just kind of spitballing things. If if the iconic Jerry Jones called you and said, I want to give you Micah Parsons' second-year linebacker cost control for the next couple of years, for Stephon Diggs, would you say yes or no?
1: Right now? <clears throat> <brr>. um, I don't know, because... Your offense is built so much around the passing game. Without a number one receiver, I don't think you are going to be anywhere near as effective. That's I don't think it's anywhere near as ridiculous as how Muscarella answered it, but I would say I would still I would say no. I would say no, and I probably will regret that moving forward. Yeah, I would
0: do it in a heartbeat.
1: So what then? Your offense moving forward is going to be I draft a receiver. We still a, be fine. Yeah. Davis, a rookie Crowder, and Isaiah McKenzie. You just
0: cleared a lot of cap room too, so we'd figure it out to go sign who. Trade or sign someone.
1: Okay. All right. Um
0: Savers are just peppering Winnipeg right now. let the first one nothing Buffalo, in case you're listening.
1: They're okay. I know, I'm kidding. Um I think you're up.
0: Yes, Dan. Holly. Good friend Holly Flanagan from twenty five Reynolds down in Cortland. Didn't know you're still residing there, Holly. All the best to ya. You. If you're what would your last meal be if you were on death row? If you could only drink one liquor for the rest of your life, what would it be? And if you had to kiss one male, maybe for the rest of your life, what would it be?
1: (laughs) I think it's just a one-time... I took it as a one-time thing. My last meal... Man, that Mike's chicken finger sub wouldn't be bad. That's pretty darn good. I would say that the best meal I've ever had was some, I believe it's a rib shank, it's called, at Prescott Provisions in North Tonawanda. That place is the best. It was very good. <laughs> That's, that would be up there. Maybe some chicken parm from a nice Italian restaurant. Like,
0: like, hey, like Rizzo's on Eggert. It's ten ninety nine on Wednesdays. You can't beat it.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, it would not be from Rizzo's if I was on death row. Um, if I could drink one liquor. Now, if I'm doing... Shots, would be rumplemints. If I'm doing just one liquor, the rest of my life would probably be vodka, so you can mix in like some casual summer drinks. Cover your ears if you're an Eden student. And if I had to kiss one male, I think the easy answer is um, Josh Allen, probably because I like that's the one person I'd be okay cast having sex with. Jesus,
0: Mary and Joseph.
1: So I guess that would be my answer. <laughs> Let's uh,
0: I'll just answer the last one, it would be Danny.
1: All right, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay Um, bill last thing we could have a lengthy conversation about this if you'd like because um it could be its own segment sabers you just mentioned they're buzzing right now they're six two and two in their last 10 they're on a six game point streak how much promise is this team actually showing, or is it just an average team getting hot late in the year when it's you know, you're know you not really playing for anything, these guys? This is it.
0: You're seeing something this great is it. right this now. You're seeing it. something absolutely oh, great. There you go. They're going to build on this momentum in the next year. There's a lot of losers, a lot of number nerds out there who, tell, who will tell you right now that the Sabres won't be a playoff team this year. It's hogwash. This Give me next year. Next year. Yes. This team is building something absolutely fantastic. <laughs> I believe in everything they're doing. I'm all in, trying to get a group of guys to get some season tickets for next year. Gonna break them down four or five ways. If you're interested, let me know. I only got one confirmed on the bandwagon. It's who's it, that? Peter Kaz. I think I'd be in. It's I'm. I'll tell you the numbers. I'm gonna <laughs> get the cheapest ticket in the house. Worst case scenario, hey, I was there today. Saver store I got a T-shirt for the Lightning game. Uh, Thanks. <clears throat> Gonna get, get the cheapest two in the house, cost a thousand a ticket. A thousand times two, two thousand. You divide that by say you get four guys, that's five hundred for the pair for ten games. One guy gets eleven. Okay? That'd probably be you, right? Well, it'd probably be the guy getting the last pick. Um you do a draft, but the worst case scenario is they stink again, you still sit wherever you want for twenty two bucks a ticket, twenty three bucks a ticket, whatever you paid. So it's it's an absolute no-brainer. It's it's a decision that Warren Buffett would say, that is brilliant. It's a brilliant investment <laughs> opportunity because they're going to be great, and you're going to be selling them like they're going to be selling like hotcakes.
1: I definitely think they're still a year away. I do, I mean, y- you're you need a legit goaltender. You yep. need some defensemen, and you're not going to get some. You're you not don't
0: need defensemen. That's not a thing. You don't need defensemen. You don't need defensemen.
1: Okay, I I'd love to talk to somebody that knows hockey.
0: You don't need defensemen. Darlene. Power. Yep. Samuelson. Okay. Bryson.
1: I mean, those, but like Bryson, Fitzgerald, those those guys are f- right now. F- great. F- okay. All
0: right. Young, getting better.
1: <coughs> yeah, I, 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 so that's why I think they're still a year away. But I would say that there definitely is some promise on. Yoki, the, how are you? He's not very good. Okay. Um, but I would agree with you, and I'd be in for seasons. I think. XPN, um, Is this serious? Yeah, it really is serious.
0: So you, you're like as a
1: yeah we did talk about your plan but <laughs> I have a plan yeah I don't really like your plan I have another great plan, plan. But, um when I look at this team like that tuck acquisition I just think what a lucky scenario Kevin Adams walked in where your franchise player is demanding a trade and you just happen to have a guy that is on a on a great t- team deal for a few more years that is an actual like the only guy that would be excited to be traded to the Buffalo Sabers who happens to also be playing at like a point eight per game clip since he got here, you know what we call it that Bill Captain worthy yeah big time he's definitely the captain next year big time and who's getting the A Akposo. Cousins I don't know if you throw it on someone
0: that uh, you young. give I think you give two A's then Akposo. you and always Cousins. give two
1: A's but you'd probably want a defenseman to have something too probably Dalene ooh <laughs> okay
0: This scene is great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Um, with that, we are going to send it over to talk some Final Four Hoops action with our college basketball guru, Mike Licata. Here we go!
2: In one moon, it's all on the line. In one moon,
0: in time. And we are joined... My college basketball expert, Mike Lacata, if you will. Mike is here to break down this weekend's Final Four. As he said pre-show, give himself a little pat on the back for calling all the blue bloods to the Final Four before. But all in all, just a good friend. And coach, I'd be remiss if I did not start the show without congratulating you on getting engaged this past weekend
2: hey thanks guys pleasure to be back thank you for that and uh yeah it's an exciting weekend and just trying to follow in your guys's footsteps so happy to happy to be here thanks for having me so mike you mentioned we
1: excuse me mentioned that you nailed the blue buds comment you talked about duke you talked about kansas this final four what are you most excited to watch
2: well, I mean, it's got to be, uh, you know, Duke North Carolina never played in an NCAA tournament. They're getting a Final Four matchup with uh, definitely both teams trending in the right direction, playing their best basketball over the last couple weeks. So, and you you know throw in the, the Coach K side of things, and then uh, you know probably I mean just the whole the whole Final Four like that that game everyone's looking forward to. The 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 first game might be better, you know. I think the, I definitely think the uh, potential champions coming out of that first game. So it's just a dream weekend for college basketball. I don't know who who could have predicted four blue bloods uh, in the final four or revenge of the blue bloods. No one was calling that. So uh, you know, totally unexpected and just really excited to watch.
0: Yeah, shocking statement from uh, Coach Licata there the potential championships coming out of the first game. Thank you very much, coach. I do got to ask you, uh, the over under in that game is quite low in my opinion at a one thirty-two and a half. and a half. Mike, I know you're thinking of a rebuttal right now, but one thirty-two and a half and a half for Kansas to Villanova to, to, I think to the general public, that's going to shout over, uh, tell me why that could go under. Well, they I, might not score enough yeah, points.
2: A hundred percent. It's the best bet. Um, Really, when games set up like that um, in like a low low number, like one thirty ish or less, um, in the last seven final four games that were under one thirty, uh, the combined points average of those games ended up being one twelve. so uh, when they're around one thirty they tend to not only go under, they tend to go way under uh, the you know, but like uh, like you mentioned, people see a low number, they tend to bet overs, the public's gonna see. 130 and and do some quick math in their head and go, oh, this is definitely going over. I predict it to be way under.
1: Coach, if you, I'm not really a college basketball savant when it comes to the rosters. There's so much turnover, which I love the fact that they're allowing players to bounce around all over now because they allow coaches to do that. So I'm, I'm more of a um, a college basketball coach guy, and I've always been a Bill South guy. Um, I'm usually a Tom Izzo guy, but he got bounced early by Duke. Obviously, Coach K all-time winningest coach, looking for his swan song. Uh, Hubert Davis in just his second years in the Final Four, and of course Jay Wright looking for his second championship in just, um, you know, four or five years, whenever his last one was. When you look at the coaching matchups, do you think any of them have an advantage, and do you like anything specifically about how each of the four coach?
2: No, I mean, I think they're all just, I mean, we're talking about four blue bloods, and, you don't get one of those jobs unless you're the best of the best. So, uh, you know, those, they're all just really amazing coaches. Um, you know, Jay Wright is, is really unbelievable and, 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 cause they're probably like, the, like, you know, to me and you, and if you're, you know, younger, you're looking at Villanova as a blue blood, but, you know, 10 years ago, they certainly weren't. So, um, you know, I think he's just really done an amazing job. He's, still probably um you know doing the most with the talent he gets he's really amazing and obviously you know coach k's if not the best ever certainly one of them and and uh you know i I mean how about hubert davis too i mean really like the storyline on him is oh he inherited this this great team and they got all these guys but you know when you really look at it they didn't you know he did a heck of a job you know they had uh what's his name leave halfway through the year the the big guy Garcia and uh another couple guys then the guy go to Auburn and they lost they lost a couple guys who were supposed to be be really good and so you know what he was left with is yeah I mean they got uh Baycott and and R.J. Davis and uh, they got like four guys averaging 15 points but they were they were you know not great last year. So he's really amazing, done a done a fantastic job. And and then you know Bill Self, who's the who, who's the sheriff, you know. So he he you know it's amazing coaching. Looking forward to it. And uh, you know Kansas is a really good team. I again, who predicted Kansas? You know at, at plus you know twelve hundred to win the tournament back you, in Coach. November, December. Just beautiful stuff. Coach, that game
1: quickly. I believe it's, it's Nick Moore. Is that his name? Who's the guy that got hurt for Villanova toward the end of that? Uh... You're
2: talking uh, Villanova, right? Oh, yes. It was um, uh, Justin Moore. Oh, it was yeah. Justin Moore. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, yeah. Speaking yeah. anyway. Nick, hey, speaking, Moore, hey, speaking of college. Hey,
1: excuse
0: me, coach? coach.
2: What's that? You guys are, I, what was that?
0: Coach, excuse me for a second because I, I need your take on this and Hannon's. Uh, said said the word college singer. Eric Church canceled his concert this Saturday night in San Antonio because he wanted to watch the UNC Duke game.
2: I saw that on Twitter. That's a that's a. I mean, well, why not? That's beautiful. What's the problem?
0: I don't have a problem. I was just throwing it out
1: there. Okay, thanks for that, Bill. So anyway, that's really really riveting
2: stuff, buckets. I mean, you know. <laughs>
1: Jesus Trying Jesus, to
2: kind of win your dedicated listeners some money, and we're talking Eric Church concert. You know, shout out to Eden.
1: What? Hey, <laughs> very much. Um, we never even well we
0: never uh, even talked any, about the section. My original
1: order. my original question was going to be losing a starter at this point in the year. What do you think Villanova does? Do you just try to play your game? Do you try to mix it up a little bit, play some more, maybe some junk defenses if you're, you know, I don't think their bench, according to Twitter, which is my only source right now, their bench is not great, but obviously these are kids that are at Villanova playing basketball. So what would you do as a coach losing a starter this deep in the tournament? I
2: mean, yeah, it's, it's devastating. You can tell just by looking at his teammates when he went down, how serious it was and how, how much they're going to miss him. Um, but, you know, it's like for, for, for any team I've ever coached, if you lose your second leading scorer and you lose a guy who averages 15 a night, you know, your team's not as good the next day, right? So, um, but Villanova is a little different. I mean, they got like six, seven guys averaging. 10 points. So, you know, scoring's never been a real big, big issue for Villanova. They're going to score it. They're going to guard it really well. They're in top 25 in defense. Them and Kansas are going to, you know, certainly going to guard it. Um, The other game, not so much. But, uh, you know, they're they're still going to be fine. They'll be able to guard it. They'll be able to score with anybody. They got, you know, they lost 15 points, but they got a guy who averages 16, another guy with 11, 10, 9, 9. You know, they got enough scoring. They can really do it anyway. Um, you know, they're going to shoot a ton of threes. They're like, uh, I don't know the exact number, but they, they, they shoot a ton of threes, and then they get the teams they're playing against to shoot a ton of threes. So, you know, it's going to be kind of like one of those games. Um, so I think they'll be fine. I mean, certainly they'd rather have them than not have them, right. but I think it's still going to be a great game.
0: Coach, I mean, you're telling me right now a lot of stuff that any man would know. Oh, my they, God. They Bill, can score, the they problem? can defend, you know. Coach, tell me this. I mean, that's why we brought you on the podcast to bring a little insight on the, what the common man doesn't know. Connor Galepsi, has he lost a
2: step? No, I don't think he has. Uh, I thought it was a bad matchup with Houston. Houston really guards it. You want to talk about guarding it. He really, really guards it. And, uh you know, when when a super athletic team is game planning to stop a two-time player of the year guy, a lot of the attention's going there, you know, no doubt, right? But uh, he hit a big, big shot when it matters. And he's really good playing off two feet, pump faking in the lane, doing typical Jay Wright stuff that he always does. So, um, you know, I think that, uh, I think that it's just setting up great. Now, you mentioned, give me something that your normal listener you know couldn't couldn't do right so along uh, a, a law long, a long, any fan any fan can do this any well any fan didn't predict Kansas at plus you know 1200
0: oh, when they're plus
2: your uh, you're gonna get your right now okay so uh anybody not anybody can do that you know not anybody could predict that it would be all uh uh blue blood teams in the final four you know this is not any fan <laughs> not stuff anybody, bucket so you know predict. just you're, try and listen and you, follow along and maybe you know you finally get that hot tub in the backyard what do you want me to tell you hey coach i mean look at you, you
0: predicted in, in november four blue bloods making it fine and dandy I think any anyone on the street could have done that. Now what I want you to do is tell our listener who's going to win this weekend.
1: No, coach, listen, right before no, I I don't want to interrupt. Uh, first of all, I want it's first of all, this is your guy, by the way, and I want to apologize for how rude he's been to you this entire segment. We do appreciate you coming on. I want to ask you, you gave one of your lockadas. I don't want you to give too much away here. Are there any, looking at the matchups, just the final four, obviously, because we don't know the championship. Are there any other numbers, either over-unders or spreads, that stick out in these two games
2: besides the first game, uh, the under? He likes the under. I believe it was? Yeah, and, and, and I thought, you know, I thought that's what I was coming out here to talk about. I didn't know it was the, the roast of Mike Lakata tonight, but, uh, you know, that's on your partner, uh, I, I Dan, know. so I don't know what to tell him, but, uh, you know, I mean, listen, you're trying to lead me towards the money. Everything Follow the money. I know. I'm telling you right now, okay? Here's a stat for you, Bucks. Did you know this one, okay? <laughs> Since 2001, so the last 20 years, okay, the teams in the, the final four games, the team that won the game covered – clip. There's 32, 6 and 2 against the spreads. Okay, so in these games, you got to pick the the team that's going to win is going to cover, okay, whatever that means. So even if you're thinking an underdog's going to win, the percentages would tell you you can even, you know, might as well take a money line, get the extra value because the team that wins outright does cover uh, at at an alarming clip in in final four games. Uh, The last team that didn't, well, it was last year when Gonzaga. Beat UCLA uh, with, without without covering. So that was the last one. But uh, so here's what you wanted. You want some picks? I'm gonna give you. I, I'm gonna give you my picks here. Okay. Uh, first game, I gave you. I think it's gonna be under. I think it's gonna be way under. Okay. And I'm gonna go. Uh, I don't think you can lose either way. I'll go. Uh, I'm gonna go Villanova. Okay. Right. Give me Villanova. Give me Villanova. Give me. I'm going to take the four-and-a-half points, okay. and I'm going to be under in that one. Okay? I think that's a, a really, really smart play. And in the late game, this is the big one. I think there's going to be uh, a, a ton of value on North Carolina. I think North Carolina, the general public is loving Coach K. They're loving the, the, the last dance. They're all hopped up on Duke. I, if you like North Carolina, I think there's some value at, at four, okay? That said, I'm riding with Duke. I think they're much better. I think they're playing their best basketball. I think they do just enough on defense where, you know, it's going to be a track. Neither team really likes to defend, but, uh, I, you know, I'm going against conventional wisdom. I'm going to ride the general public. I'm taking Duke minus the four, and I'm going to take an over uh, 150, 151, whatever it's at. Coach,
1: we appreciate all your insight. We'll be uh, hitting up our bookies and our local. Does he got
0: time? Coach, you got time for a couple more or you He what? said
2: he wanted a quick one. Box. not only uh, back in my, like, 2014 uh, debut with Buckets and Dan, which for a lot of times was the most listened to segment of all time in your history. Last time I was on Talking College Hoops, it was the most skipped segment of all time. Okay, so let's just keep it short. We got the picks, and we're ready to rock and roll. Shaheed Holloway to
0: Seton Hall. Your thought?
2: <laughs> He's going back to the alma mater. Does a great job rooting for. It. Hey, you Bucks. You know what? Actually, if you got a minute, I'm still. I got a sour taste in my mouth. You're saying any average fan, any average fan, if you listen to my first uh, uh, segment, not all, I mean, you guys were peppering me with tough questions. You're talking. Uh, uh, what, what were you? Where Texas? Uh, Texas A&M. You asked me about. I pretty much pegged exactly how their season would go. I said they'd be struggled to be a tournament team. And there they are struggling to be a tournament team. I called uh, Clemson a great win. Well, Clemson didn't make the tournament. Maybe it wasn't a great win, but oh, by the way, they did beat Duke twice this year. So it was a great win. Any, uh, you know, we talked Bonaventure, and I, you guys were goading me into saying Bonaventure was going to win a national title. I, I didn't do it, you know. So I think all these predictions, you can play it back. It's in the Internet forever, but I was dead on the money bucket. Hey, Coach,
0: let me tell you something. And and and, and they, they, they paid me to motivate you. Let me tell you something, Coach. You did a heck, heck of a job. We really appreciate you. You look back to what you did in November. It was really special. I'm going to play some of those clips, Okay. And, and I've never for once doubted your knowledge, but I thought I just I, you had a little bit more to you than you gave originally tonight. So that's what I did. I uh, really appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Coach.
2: And hey, one more thing, Buckets. Uh, my, my big pick, and, and again, I did listen to the segment. You can go back. I did predict a heck of a year by the Eden Lady Red Raiders, and that's exactly what happened as predicted. Sectional title, one of the highlights of, of your life's and mine. Was uh, was watching uh, you know Eden storm the court and, and and hanging banners out in Eden. So congratulations and uh, let's go uh, let's go Duke and let's go uh, Villanova and let's go unders and overs.
0: Hey unders and overs and coach, it wouldn't happen without you. We love you to death.
2: <laughs> this is oh basketball. Thanks, hey, guys. That's what we're playing. <laughs> All righty then.
1: Bill, it is once again time for the Buckets and Dan Major League Baseball Preview. Something that we will completely forget about by the time the season ends because baseball is too long.
0: Be about episode 51 by then. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, we got a big home run derby on uh, Sunday.
1: We do have a big home run derby Sunday. Back in person, the easiest fantasy draft around. It's the only one I enjoy because. You basically just pick your team and you're stuck with them. I don't have to worry about daily lineups and all that mumbo-jumbo that you love waking up at 6 in the morning and taking care of before you start your day.
0: Going back for the 4 Pete. Dan. When's the the last time I haven't been a champion in that league?
1: I know. You really are back-to-back-to-back champs. Yeah,
0: with a COVID year. It hasn't been like since 2018 that I haven't been a champion in that league.
1: Oh, my God. That is nauseating. Hopefully your banquet Sunday will really screw up your mojo and you won't be all in. Um, really quick, before we get to our preview, I want to touch on some of the main points of the new CBA agreement. I want you to tell me your thoughts on them. Okay. Uh, so the playoffs are expanded It's now going to be 12 teams, six in each league. The one game wildcard playoff is gone. A lot of people did not like that. I didn't really care, but, um, I'm, I am glad to see it go. The division winners are going to play, excuse me, the division winner with the worst record and the wildcard team with the best record will host a three-game series with the other two wildcard teams. Your thoughts?
0: It's all about money. It's
1: all about money. It's all about making teams be in it for longer, right? Now if you are the second division winner, you can't coast to the end of the year because now it means something to be not the third one. You know what I mean? Then you get the bye. Then it's the three-game series, the rest versus rust debate. You know what I mean? Now we add another third playoff team or excuse me, wildcard teams. That's another way to keep teams in it, buying at the trade deadline and whatnot.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree with all that. It's also, <clears throat> to me, it kind of cheapens uh, a 162-game regular season.
1: Well, speaking of that and cheapening it and keeping teams in it longer, there's now a draft lottery to reduce the uh, I, the promotion of tanking. I think in baseball it's been the worst. Um, because They're it also- not
0: tanking for draft picks, though.
1: True, but you're, tanking for, you're trading the players for prospects is really what you're doing in baseball. It's a little different. You're right. I guess you are right in that sense. So the top six picks will be chosen through a lottery process with all non-playoff teams having a chance to secure one of those spots. This is interesting, I thought. If a small market team has a lottery pick in two straight drafts, it cannot pick higher than 10th in the following draft. And if a large market team has a lottery pick, it can't pick higher in the next draft. So a lot of small market teams get two in the top, what, 10? And large market teams only get one. I found that kind of interesting. Yeah. The They lowered the threshold, excuse me, the lowest threshold for the competitive balance tax will rise up to $230 million. They also added an additional large tax. They're calling the Steve Cohen tax that he said you can raise it basically as much as you want. He's just going to keep spending. That's exciting as a Mets fan. The minimum salary raised substantially from five hundred seventy thousand last year to seven hundred thousand this year. It'll keep increasing through two thousand twenty-six by two hundred thousand dollars a year, starting in two thousand twenty-three. Bill teams will play fewer divisional games and will play every other team in the majors at least once. Love it. You do love that. I think that's dumb.
0: Don't you want to see all those matchups? Why shouldn't every MLB team play? Well, then with...
1: you. I just think you. I like interleague play. I th- so it diminishes the importance of or the I guess fun of interleague play where you play that one division a year. And you're going to I love that I absolutely hate the Braves, Phillies, Nationals. You know, you lose those ri- you lose those rivalry games toward the end of the it makes year. Makes them
0: more important. The uh, games. It also, you know, as a guy like as a, as a Mets fan, you want to see and eh, maybe you'll see him in Cleveland more often.
1: That's a good point. I like that point, (laughs) Toronto. Um, I do like that point. How about the universal DH? We've talked about that. We both love it. Yep. Yep. Um, Let's see what else here. This is interesting. I think they – and it's funny that this is the whole sentence. I think this should be a much larger topic. The league and union has already agreed to implement pitch clocks, restrictions on defensive shifts, and larger bases in 2023. That's a lot for one sentence in a bullet. (laughs) (laughs) I thought, I think, get out, I think that, um, cat sitting, it's the worst, um, the pitch clocks, that's like, if you're Max Scherzer and you're pitch, like you're going to, you're going to tell me that what I, I, a ball gets thrown up in a count because I take an extra few seconds. If I'm going through my routine or whatever, like that to me is going to, if they're going to get rid of it, just like how they're technically not supposed to let batters out of the batter's box and whatnot. I think that'll be. That won't be a huge deal. I mean, it hasn't really mattered in the minor leagues, right? I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Um, And the league and union will continue to discuss the possibility of instituting an international draft process through July 25 of this year. If an agreement is reached, the qualifying offer process will go away, which is – I don't understand that, the international stuff, um, but that is just another thing. So there is in place. We start um, a week from – Tomorrow, a week from Thursday, I think. I think we start next Thursday. So go that's to a exciting. baseball
0: game down in Florida, too, if you want.
1: We could do that Saturday,
0: could do that. if you want. Oh, on.
1: uh, oh, one more thing. Teams would be able to start selling advertisements on uniforms and helmets. Okay. Okay. So let's get to our season preview. Do you want to go division by division? Try to Start with that. We'll go with who we like in each division, who we like for the wild card. The AL East, we both have, uh, excuse me, no, we don't. We both have the Toronto Blue Jays. Making the playoffs You know what, I'll agree with that I'm going <laughs> to switch that up The uh, Yeah, we both have the Toronto Blue Jays winning the division That team's loaded They went and got Matt Chapman You still got Barris from last year Guerrero's only going to get better You do lose Marcus Simeon So Bisio's going to have to take a, a big step uh, But that, that team is pretty loaded
0: I think they're the best team in baseball Their pitching is just outstanding Adding Gosman is just huge I mean, he was so good with San Francisco last
1: year I think he's a real Cy Young candidate. You think he's uh, a journeyman like that's going to have back-to-back Cy Young caliber years? He's got
0: the stuff to do it. Yeah, he throws mid-nineties, really good, really good curveball, really good changeup. I up. think
1: he's in for a rude awakening pitching in <laughs> no way San Diego, LA, San and those, Diego, uh, pitching in those okay. ballparks, San Francisco, and then going into play like Yankee Stadium and pitching in Toronto. But we'll he see. He should be good. AL Central. Bill's starting to fade, so we gotta get through this quick. <laughs> AL Central, we both have the White Sox. I think the White Sox are the most complete team in um in the AL by far. They could rival the Dodgers for in the whole league. Their starting pitching is stacked, their bullpen is loaded. They got Jimenez coming back. That's I really huge. like I really, really like the White Sox. Yeah, I got the White Sox too. I we'll think. get yeah, we'll get to our wild card in a minute. But you have the White Sox too? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the AL West, Buckets' favorite division to watch. Is that TV-wise or just in general? Uh, TV-wise, I
0: think, you know, a lot of money got tossed around in this division this year. so
1: Probably not going to watch as much AL West baseball now that Emily's not working the late shift, huh? <laughs> it's going to
0: be tough. Fake go to sleep, come back outside and watch a little West Coast. Uh, and I'll say this, yep. uh, just a little, I mean, how many hits can the Astros take before the Astro comes down to the ground? I mean, they lost Correa. <laughs> they lost Springer last year. Yep. Altuve's getting older. At some point, this Astros got to come crashing down.
1: But, I mean, you still got, like, Kyle Tucker is in the top five for MVP odds in the year. You still got... Alvarez can hit it. Bregman, Altuve, Gurriel, um, Alvarez, like you just mentioned. Your bullpen's still pretty good. You got Verlander at the top of the rotation. I th- I think they still win the AL West.
0: And and I and I think they do just slightly. I think it's them and the Angels in an absolute battle.
1: Now this is where we differ. We differ on our wild card teams. So I have, I have the. I can't. I just. I will never not pick the Rays to make the playoffs because they're just in it every year. I my sleeper team is going to be the Mariners. Okay, because I'm a Jim Abbott guy. You're Jesse Winker guy. I'm a Jesse Winker guy. I'm a – you're a Eugenio Suarez guy.
0: Huge. Huge, yeah. I'm actually a huge Mariners guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Um And I'm I, a big Jimmy Abbott, Jesse Winker, and Eugenio Suarez guy.
1: And you love the Angels to make the wild card. Well, you like the Angels to make the wild card out of the AL West. I do. Yeah, I do. I do.
0: But I also like the Tigers, and that's my so other you, wild card. Yeah, you card go ahead too.
1: and start talking about your big sleeper team this year is the Tigers. What do you like about the Tigers, Bill? Because not much sticks out on their roster from the blind, from a novice baseball fan like myself.
0: Well, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna educate a few people right now. The Tigers, they've been, I mean, they've been bad um, for a while, for a long period of time. Uh, to the point, similar to the Buffalo Sabers, they really haven't been anything. Um, they've signed Miguel Cabrera <laughs> about 14 years ago. And he's had a good career there. Uh, he's ready for a big bounce back this year. That, that's where I'm going to start. So you got Miggy in the middle of the lineup. Miguel Cabrera, 25 home runs plus, book it. Casey Mize was the first pick in baseball just two years ago. He's going to compete for a Cy Young. They, they added Eduardo Rodriguez, who I've watched for a long period of time with the Red Sox, getting him out of the AL East. I think he's going to compete and win a Cy Young this year um, in the AL Central, a little bit less hitting division. Dan, to me, Andrew Chafin, uh, he's been in the league for a long time. Michael Fulmer, really good bullpen guy. This team has a really strong bullpen. They added a guy like Michael Pineda, who's, who's got something to prove this year, Dan. Tarek Skubal's a guy who can really pitch. Gregory Soto's a guy who Dan knows a bit about. They got a lot of guys. Tucker Barnhart's a gold-glove guy behind home plate that they added from the Reds. They're looking to spend a little bit of money now. Speaking of money, they had Javier Baez, who Mets fans know well. Gave him a lot of money. Big energy guy uh, who is going to kind of shore up the second base for that. Very
1: boomer bust. Very,
0: very very big boomer bust. Not a big boomer bust guy, though, is Jonathan Shope, who's super, super solid. Robbie Grossman, super, super solid. And, Dan, they had a couple young guys, and this is what's going to be the difference. Riley Green, okay, and I forget his first name, but Torkelson. I think it's Spencer Torkelson. Yep. yep. Okay. Those two guys, super, super high first-round picks from the last few years. Five tool guys who can do it all, and I think what they're going to do is um, shore up everything, bottom of the lineup, and I think they're going to be super,
1: super solid. I expect
0: them to compete and get a wild card.
1: I do not, and that is your bold take. So that is the Buckets MLB Preview bold take. I'll get to mine in very very shortly, very short time. My... My wild card out of that division is going to be the Twins, man. I think they surprisingly really – You're doing
0: kn- that for one reason. Why? Correa.
1: Well, I mean, you get Correa, you get Gary Sanchez or Shella. I've always liked their outfield. I
0: love that. Some- I I wanted to do that. I think <laughs> – Dan, you tell me this, and I'm going to hang up and listen. but. Okay. I think Sant- I think that was a really good trade for them.
1: So do I. I think he thrives out of New York. I, I really do. Too. I do, too. It's, I really do.
0: I think he can catch in spots, and I think DH. he's a really good DH.
1: Yep. And I think that it's weird because, you know, they trade barriers, You think they're going to go kind of rebuild. They signed Buxton to a monster deal. You go get Sonny Gray. Buxton to- can compete for an AL MVP. Yes, he can. Absolutely. Yes, he can. If he could stay healthy, yes. <laughs> and I agree with the, the Yankees guy
0: that they just got, Urshela. He's a yep. really good player and as then, well.
1: And you talk to a Yankee fan who just got rid of him, of course. He's breaking down. He's reached his peak, blah, blah. He's so let's go get Josh Donaldson. And that's, that's my next bold take, Bill. This is one of my bold takes. Yankees are missing the playoffs. There's just not enough room to go around. I'm not sold on their pitching. I'm not sold on Josh Donaldson as a full time third baseman at this point of his career. I'm not sold on the shortstop that they got from Texas. The stopgap before their top prospect comes up. Glaber Torres had an awful, awful last couple of years. Is he, you know, did he reach his peak way too early? And those power guys—Gallo, Stanton, Judge—they're boomer bust. I think that comes back to hurt them. I like that. And Maybe that's obviously guys. very, very biased. Dan, tell me part. your take on the Sox. The Sox, that's another team I just don't really like. Like Trevor Story, what is that move I just you? think that they're – like that infield that – what's their first baseman's name that da- Dakota Lloyd loves? He's going to hate not Bobby being Dahlbeck. honest. He's been asking to come on the MLB preview. I just thought about that right now. So if you're listening to Dakota, I apologize and I love you. That guy. Bobby. Then you got Story, Bogarts, Devers. It's got to be one of the best infields in baseball power-wise. Carl you bring Crawford, back. Your, you're still paying. You're <laughs> Did you hear about that by the way? He <laughs> Did you hear this about this no. pardon my take? Apparently Megan Thee Stallion is suing Carl Crawford's um album company for not paying her enough money and they're trying to say that she was just like talking through it so it didn't count as a thing, but it's just funny that Carl Crawford's in the middle of it with Megan Thee Stallion. The reason me and Ace are friends. Carl Crawford? Yep. And you're the reason me and Ace are friends. Yeah. So I guess I should think Carl Crawford. <laughs> um I don't think the Red Sox make it because I have the Twins, Mariners, and Rays making the wild card. So I think that the Yankees and Red Sox find their way out. I'm I'm
0: telling you best bet is the Tigers. I'm telling you to get behind them now. What I'm telling you to do, the general public, if you're listening to this, you're on the Buffalo Sabres in 23, and you're on the Detroit Tigers in 22. Why? You're thinking why? Because nobody else in there, nobody else, not one person is telling you to get behind these teams because the general media will not tell you to do something until they start to see it themselves. Well, I am telling you, I am seeing it before the general media. <laughs> Watch out for the Tigers in 2022. Watch that What number do you have met? I like them to go two games over 500, 3 to 4 games over 500 and compete and get yeah, in that wild they, card. Their
1: are is only 77. So you over. like that over the Twins 81 and a half?
0: I like the Twins over that, too. I think the Twins and Tigers are two stories to watch in the AL Central. I think that AL Central is going to be a division to watch.
1: Okay, let's go to the NL. Who do you like in the NL East, Bill? Oh,
0: Dan, you know, I, I'm sure I've said this many times on the show. Growing up, it was just in my blood to be a Red Sox fan. You and the crazy men in Cortland have, have um, what's that called, when you turn someone, like you make them change religion. Converted. You've converted me, Dan. Um, converted me into a Mets fan.
1: Speak a little louder, Bill.
0: You've converted me, Dan, into a Mets fan, and, and for that, I'm still in the Mets. They win the NL East.
1: So I – that's, that's a good question. My second bold take is that there will be no postseason baseball in New York. So the Yankees and Mets will miss. Dude, I am so, that. so low on the Mets. No. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. No. Tell you why. Oh my God. All right, you go out and get Scherzer. Great. Obviously, he's electric. Top five in Cy Young's eight of the last nine years, including Cy Young wins 2013, 16, 17. He's 37 years old. Pitched over 195 innings last year, if you include the postseason, which would have put him top five in baseball. Had an incredible year. How sustainable could it be? How long is it till there is an injury that's going to happen? You're banking on Jacob DeGrom, who only pitched 92 innings last year to come back and be an ace. I don't mind the Chris Bassett trade to get a third starter, but the bottom of the rotation, okay? Taiwan Walker, between 2018 and 2020, threw a total of 67 innings. Last year, obviously, the second half caught up to him. Listen to these first and second half splits. Okay, innings pitch, ninety four in the first half. Six, excuse me, 90, yeah ninety four in the first half, just sixty four in the second half. Had a two six six ERA in the first half. Was an All Star. His ERA in the second half was seven point one three in the second half. Gave up twenty home runs in the second half of the year, twenty five walks, only fifty one strikeouts. Teams batted two fifty off him. Had a five forty slugging. Can he bounce back and actually? Work some stamina into his arm and your fifth you don't have a fifth starter. Right now your fifth starter is Carlos Carrasco who gives up more home runs. I think
0: they signed to a big deal. They didn't really pitch last year, right?
1: They didn't sign to a big deal. He was in the Lindor trade and he got hurt right away. So they, they only have basically if everyone can stay healthy, three starting pitchers. Their bullpen, they just didn't address. They went after they Trevor May though. He I'll get to Trevor May. <laughs> Their bullpen sucks, and it always has, really, in my time. They lost their best reliever from last year, Aaron Loop, who the Angels probably overpaid, which is fine. He had a great year. He had a point a great year, an unbelievable year, like a historic year for the Mets, .95 ERA in 56, 56 in the third innings pitch, gave up one home run the whole year, had over a strikeout per inning, had a point nine three five whip, so below one whip, which is incredible. Trevor May is so inconsistent and he's so annoying on social media. Miguel Castro, who I thought had a pretty good year, is one of the worst relief pitchers in baseball when you look analytics wise in terms of walks per nine and first pitch balls and stuff like that. And then obviously it comes down to Edwin Diaz, who. He stinks. Sucks. Six blown saves. Um, he's like.
0: I mean, he blew a save in front of your eyes in Pittsburgh, one right?
1: Of, and I will never forgive him for that—a walk-off grand slam he gave up—and he did the thing where as soon as they hit it, he points up to the sky. If it's a fly ball, he has a three. He had a three point four five ERA last year, which is second among the top five 15 relievers in saves. Um, and you just—they just don't have a left. They don't have a lefty pitcher on their active roster right now. Not one starter, not one reliever. And the only guy they signed was Adam Ottaviano, who was yeah. really good like four years ago. Then you, go, then you go to the lineup, okay? And this is Steve Cohen's big swing at free agents this year. Starling Marte, fine. A, Great. Coming off a career year, th- again, a th- low 30s guy. You're hoping to get a few years out of him. Escobar, Eduardo Escobar, fine. You need a infielder. I like those. Then you lose Michael Conforto. And, and I'm biased because I always loved Conforto. He was frustrating at times. And you replace him with Mark Canha, I don't even know how to say it. A 231 hitter who's a below-average fielder. They couldn't unload any of uh, J.D. Davis, Dom Smith, and McNeil who are streaky hitters and don't have a position and are below-average. Are they on the team still? They're all on the team. They get Cano back. So I don't know how they're going to work the lineup. People get hurt. Thank goodness you have a DH. And you have to be pumped for – you have to expect Lindor to bounce back after hitting 230. 28 points below his previous career low, the highest strikeout rate of his career, the highest fly ball rate of his career, and lowest line drive rate of his career. Not to mention he bet 248 on balls actually hit into play, 27 points below his previous career low. And like I said, Marte and Escobar are great. You're still a very poor defensive team with, despite how many bodies are in the roster, not really great depth anywhere, and I, I, I'm not sold on Buck Showalter coming back to save the day. Oh my gosh,
0: he's the manager. He is the manager. So I gotta change my. You just sold me.
1: <laughs> you're too late. You already wrote Dude, it down. you sold me.
0: That's unbelievable stuff.
1: And you're such a fan. I love them, and I hope I, I will. I'll watch 100 of the 162, and games. I'll grill up the crow and and saute it. I will eat crow. I would love to eat crow. And, and, I, and say that I'm wrong, everybody stays healthy, everybody bounces back, great, I just don't see it happening. Because, Bill, I think one of the most underrated teams, another team I'll be betting the over for, the Philadelphia Phillies. Wheeler and Nola at the top, you go out and sign Castellanos, Schwarber's going to hit 1,000 home runs on that short right field porch is their DH, you still got Reese Hoskins, you still got DeeDee, their bullpen's a disaster, which is why they won't compete for the division. The Braves are going to run away with that division, just like they did last year. Um, That's my thoughts on the NLEs I think the Marlins are going to be scrappier than normal
0: You're like a Bills guy 1, Sabres 2 Mets are right behind the Sabres 3
1: I would probably say at this point Hopefully the Lebovichs aren't listening It's Bills, Mets, Sabres
0: wow. <clears throat> I mean that's really good That's good radio right there and What do you think
1: have, about the Marlins? I think the Marlins are going to be scrappy as hell again And that's, that steel. second baseman Destroys the Mets That Chisholm or whatever his name is and I think they're going to be scrappy. I think that's going to be a very – they're going to beat – which, you know, I wish that the lower division games were happening this year. They're going to beat the hell out of each other throughout the year. I do think that. And you got Nelly Cruz going to DH in Washington. Love that. And and
0: the MVP in the NL. We'll get and to they're, they're plus 5,000 to win that division.
1: Yeah, I don't think they're going to win the division. Um, I think the Braves are unbelievable. It's, it's embarrassing to me that the Mets have a higher uh, –
0: is that New York media stuff?
1: I don't know what it is that they have better odds to win the division than the Braves. Um, you picked the Braves to make the wild card, so we do. We both do have two teams making the playoffs out of that division. Let's go to the NL Central. We both like the Brewers, loaded at the top of the rotation. I really like their lineup, very power-driven lineup, and I obviously their bullpen at the end is lights out with Hader. I have the Cardinals making the division, just like the Rays, man. It's team. It's just a team that seems to not miss the playoffs. Wainwright's coming back another year. Jack Flaherty's one of the best pitchers in baseball. You go sign Steven Matz, who had a nice bounce back year uh, with the Blue Jays. Was he with the Blue Jays last year? Blue Jays, right? Yeah. Um, as your third starter. I like the rest of their lineup. you got Yachty coming back for his 1,000th year, I think. Um, you know, you still got, obviously, at the corners, Goldschmidt and Arenado, And you have those guys that you just you, – you don't even – you never want to see them in another team, guys like – Harrison, uh, what the hell is his name? Harrison Bader, Dylan Carlson. Those are Cardinals. You know what I mean? You never want to see them on another team. So I think that they win another. They're going to challenge the Brewers and win a wild card division. Do you have anything else on the NL Central?
0: No, I I think the Brewers are legit, and I I don't see any team even close to them. I'm really intrigued by the
1: NL West. The NL West. Again, we both have two teams making the playoffs out of that. Yeah, yeah. You have three. Yeah, you have three. You have you have the Giants going in. I think so many things went right for the Giants last year, and hopefully Brendan Graham doesn't hold this against me. I just think so many things went right for them, and so many guys had career years. I just don't think that's sustainable. I think the Padres are going to get more power with Luke Voigt. They can sustain till Tatis comes back. I really like their top three in the rotation um, with Snell, Musgrave, and Lou Darvish. Lou, Lou Darvish. Also known as you Darvish. Um, and I think that, you know, Hosmer... Uh, I, I like that team. Machado, I really like that team. So I think they win the wild card, and I think the Dodgers might have the best lineup on paper. in base. Like it's going to rival, like, the 27 Yankees.
0: I think Gabe Kapler gets a little Bruce Bochy magic this year. Uh, typically, they're an every-other-year type team, but he gets it going this year. What I like is Carlos Redon. Carlos Redon, two-year, $44 million. Rondone. Rondone, I know. Okay. Silent N, not even existent N, a non existent N. Did you see
1: the clip of Will Smith, the catcher, hitting a home run off Will Smith, the pitcher, with the audio of Will Smith <laughs> smacking Chris Rock? No, it was unbelievable.
0: I like the Giants, Dan. I think that, you know, they brought back a lot of that team. Yeah, you lose Kevin. Gosman, but for me, that NOS is absolutely stacked, and the Rockies—I <clears throat> don't know what they're doing. I don't know what the Arizona Diamondbacks are doing. Dan, tell me—you know, you're you're a general manager on a team like the Colorado. Don't Rockies. get me
1: started on the Chris Bryant thing, because that would have that would have brought me back to the Mets if they went out and signed Chris Bryant and they were able to shift everybody around. But what, like, if you're—it's embarrassing for the player. It's embarrassing for the organization. It's an absolute joke. That organization's a joke. Chris Bryant's a joke. He obviously doesn't care about winning at all. And he just went for the money. And it's that contract is absolutely embarrassing. Let's go through the rest of that lineup, shall we?
0: Yeah, Ryan McMahon. Colorado Rockies.
1: Elias Diaz. CJ Crone. Charlie Blackman's. Brendan Rodgers. Jose Iglesias. Ryan McMahon. Bryant they have his left field. Randall Gritchick in center. Blackman's still there. How about their starting pitchers? Herman Marquez. He's a- good. Antonio Sensatella. Kyle Freeland. Austin Gomber. Chad Cool, Alex Colome is their closer. They're a joke. I don't even want to spend another second talking about them. And I won't, Bill. Yeah, that's fair. The Dodgers, dude. The Dodgers lineup.
0: That's my best five-year team.
1: Are you serious? That's a – you had to be in a high pick. <laughs> As I pick.
0: Dodgers Braves.
1: That's very good. Dude, Will Smith's awesome. Freddie Freeman, obviously. Chris Taylor coming off a career year. Trey Turner back at shortstop. Justin Turner at third. A.J. Pollock. Mookie Betts. Bellinger. Max Muncie is your D.H. Their pitchers good, too. Bueller, Urias, <laughs> Kershaw. It, I mean, Bauer, if he ever stops beating up women. Relief pitchers are still there. Is he going to pitch this year, Bauer? I don't know. Who cares? He's a dork. Um... Dustin May, if he comes back, like that team. All right, so let' so we gave you our playoff teams. What's your World Series matchup? Well, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, I had the Blue Jays over the Mets. Oh, But, God. but
0: live show, I'm switching it to the Dodgers over the Blue Jays. The yeah. you, sh- you gave me Dodgers, Blue Jays. <laughs> Dodgers beat Blue Jays. We're going to be up in Toronto. We're going to see one of those
1: games this year. We're going to see a World Series game. In Toronto. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go Dodgers over White Sox. I think the White Sox beat the Blue Jays in the ALCS in, in just an epic battle. Seven-game series, Bill. Well, so, you got the Dodgers over the White Sox.
0: White Sox beat the Blue Jays.
1: Yes. All right. And the Dodgers steamroll anybody that they face.
0: We got breaking news in the closure if you want to hang around.
1: We do have breaking news in the closure. Well, we got like, some awards to give gotta out. Got to give away some awards. We both have the same MVP. Vlad Guerrero Jr. And I will go on record <coughs> saying he will win the triple crown this year. I like that, too. <laughs> he will win the triple crown. He last year he batted 311, 48 home runs, 111 RBIs. Yeah. I think he bats over 300 and goes 50-plus with the uh, with the bombs. And for the NL you mentioned earlier. Soto. Soto, who I believe is the odds favorite right now. Giovanni. I think – is it, it's not Giovanni <laughs> <I know>. Soto. <laughs> That's a funny joke. Um and I think Acuna comes back with a revenge year. The Braves are so good, top to bottom, which is infuriating. They all sign team-friendly deals, which is also infuriating. I love the Matt Olsen. Like, th- what an awesome thing that is. You lose Freddie Freeman, which obviously you're bummed about. You go get Matt Olsen. Um, just just an awesome, awesome team, top to bottom. Cy Young, you're really picking this guy I for am. the AL. Okay, go <laughs> ahead. You go AL, NL. <coughs> um, one of the higher strikeout rates... In baseball, in the
0: last five years, I got Erod, Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, just signed a four or five year deal with the Detroit Tigers. He's going to tell them why it was a good signing. Not the flashiest type pitcher, but the Cy Youngs are typically the guys who get a lot of wins. And I think the Detroit Tigers are going to come out and punish teams this year. <laughs> and I think Eduardo Rodriguez is going to win the Cy Young in
1: the year 2022. <laughs> All right, okay. I like uh, I like a kind of an out of the box guy. I was looking at the the names and I, 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 I gave it to you already. What the ALC? stay inside
0: the box for this one?
1: Uh, so I'm gonna go out to the box. I'm gonna go Dylan Cease. For I believe that's how you pronounce <laughs> it. Could be wrong. From the White Sox. Say is it? Yeah. Thirty two percent strikeout rate and twelve point three strikeouts per nine innings last year. And what what I like about it is he's not their top end guy, so he's going to be facing the other teams, two and three. I like that when it comes to Cy Young guys. You're kind of, you know, you never really matched up against the other guys' ace, which could, you know, cause certain things with your lineups. Um, he's ranked in the 94th percentile in major league swing and miss rate, 93rd percentile in strikeout rates. Dropped his walk rate from 13.3 to 9.6, and increased his strikeout rate from 17.3. To 31.9 the last two years. I think he's in for a big year. And I'm taking, I would really, I should have looked up how to pronounce it. I think it's Cease. I'm really not sure. <laughs> um, let's go to the NL. You like DeGrom. If he yep. stays healthy, I like that pick too. Do you want to elaborate on that? No, he's good. All right. So this is another one that I, I'll i tell you why I picked it. So if you look at the top seven odds, okay, it's, I, I don't know the exact order, but it's DeGrom. Scherzer, Wheeler, Nola, Burns. What's the other Brewers? The other brewer? Woodruff. Woodruff, okay. I, this sounds stupid, probably. I think when you have two downed pitchers they kind of steal votes from one another. The only guy without a partner in the top seven, I believe he's third, Walker Bueller. I think the team's going to be dominant. He's going to coast through a lot of games. He's not going to have a lot of blown wins. I think he's in for another great year. If you wanted me to get a little more in-depth... Okay, um, he's our, I mean, he's pitched in big games. He has a 2.94 ERA across 15 postseason starts. He has the MLB's fourth lowest ERA for pitchers that have at least 400 innings since joining the Dodgers rotation four years ago, and he's due. So that's why I am picking Love Walker Buehler. Um, we already mentioned our bold takes, and we already mentioned our best bets. I think... I think, And we already mentioned our World Series, so That's it. I think we're good. Let's send it over to our final segment, our quick wrap-up segment. Some breaking news. Bones, we do have some breaking news in the NFL for our final segment. I also believe we have breaking news. Craig Anderson, that I had to heard He might be out. Let's watch this hit. But rides right into him. His head slams in the back Ooh. of the post. Excuse me, the crossbar. So, Bill, can you feed us the NFL news?
0: Bruce Arians decided enough is enough, and he is stepping down. He will. Why do you have a southern drawl right he, now of a sudden? He will do some front office work, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he's gonna
1: hand the reins over to who? Dan uh, Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles. They call him Mister Personality down in Tampa with how exuberant he is on the sideline. I will say this: you mentioned right away. Do you think this puts any truth to the Brady to Miami rumors? Literally zero. And I will also say that the I would say yeah I will say absolutely zero. He's under contract with the Bucks. You can't just leave, but
0: he can get traded.
1: He can trade. Why would the Bucks do that? He's literally recruiting people to come back and sign. Or, but if you're I, the Buccaneers and you're
0: thinking this, we might want to just build.
1: You <laughs> no, I'm serious. The guy, okay. the guy was
0: going to retire two months ago. Now, if two first round picks fall on your lap,
1: you would trade Tom Brady. Just had the best statistical. Season of his entire career, two first-round picks was a defensive blunder away from, from winning, from going to the Super Bowl, from going to the Super Bowl. And you think You're that, me. and you would trade him for Tua uh, and two first-round picks? Would you not? I would. I want to spit in your face right now. That's <laughs> if, honestly if, what I want to do. If
0: Miami called me today and I'm the Tampa Bay GM and they want to give me two first-round picks, I one second-round pick. Oh my god! And Tua. Tunka oh Viola, yep. I am taking that deal. <laughs> I am I taking that cannot deal. Cannot believe- two first, oh. one second, and Tua.
1: I can't believe it. He
0: was gonna scouting. retire. This is his last year in Tampa. So for one year of good, great football, one run, I'm gonna take the two first round picks, Tua and a second.
1: And you're going to take a quarterback that you just said is gonna get benched for Teddy stinks. Bridgewater, and you think that's a better idea long term than going for going for the Super Bowl when you have a legitimate. Legitimate Super Bowl chance this year, yep. That I'm, I know, I you might, I don't, I can't tell if you're kidding <laughs> now, but that is the worst take you've had in the entire 49. They're on a third, and I'm sold. Okay, so I think you're just screwing with me, but I want, I can't wait. But you, you know what you do, you get people talking, Bill. <laughs> and that's what I like about you. I want you to quickly talk about your sectional run. Before we go, because I know... No one's listening at this point, yeah, Dan. It sure. don't matter. So, I, But I do want to congratulate you on a very successful first year. Thanks. A section championship. I know it was a lot of fun going to watch those last couple games. So how would you uh, how would you de- describe the season, and what were some of your favorite parts?
0: Well, as almost as bought in as you. Dan spent his whole entire school day. Shout out to the Kenton superintendent of Dan, <laughs> just watching Lewport Girls basketball film for about a day and a half on the job.
1: And I called um, out every one of those inbounds plays,
0: making taxpayer dollars. But I'll say this: he did. And how many, how many, how many points did they score on the inbounds? Zero, money. All right. So I'll say this: it was, it was, it was fantastic. I said when I took this job on Buckets and Dan, maybe episode forty-seven or forty-six, that we're going to be playing our best basketball in February and March, and we sure did. And heck of a run, a lot of fun. Looking forward to doing it again. And. Uh, Happy for all the support that came out. That was a heck of a game on Sunday beating Southwestern getting the old monkey off the back first time in four years, first sectional championship in ten years. A lot of fun Dan and uh had about twenty rowdy guys behind me and uh those were some iconic pictures that we will put up on the board. Yes. yes,
1: shout out to your athletic director who could not have been nicer letting us letting strange grown men grab his section banner and wrap it around themselves and take photos. While the rest of the girls are just standing there waiting to take their own pictures. So that was fun. Any wedding updates? What was today? Today was a
0: today was a come to come to Jesus day. <laughs> and uh
1: pa- payment day? <laughs>
0: eh, not even there yet, but might be do the wedding in the backyard type day. <laughs> See if we can stuff 200 lards in the in the backyard. So. so
1: you are less than four months away. Yep. And I'm less than five months
0: going away. Going to Orlando in two weeks. Go watch the Sabres brawl down. I'd like to go to a Tampa Bay Rays game. I, w-
1: I would. I know you would.
0: <laughs> see if we can get the boys going. <laughs> Saturday, I know they all want to do their thing, but I wouldn't mind like going to a Rays game. Well,
1: we'll see what the schedule is. We also have ma- that's Masters weekend, right? Yep. That'll be exciting too Do you think Tiger Close Participates?
0: I do That's going to be fun We're going to do A draft show too
1: We are going to do A draft show We'll be back for that Hopefully you enjoyed this <laughs> We had, we talked about A lot of different things <laughs> We have There's a lot of sports Going on right now When you only do One show every couple months You have to catch yeah. up On things But hope you enjoyed want to thank our
0: sponsors Thank
1: our sponsors
0: Michael P. Rizzo I'll be behind the bar Thursday and Friday night <laughs> This week uh, Thursday night's Trivia night at Rizzo's Dollar so off Cold subs If you mention Buckets and Dan. Really appreciate everyone listening <laughs> Alright
1: uh, Alright that'll do it Again keep your eyes out and ears out For the draft preview coming up Love you man I know who-